Welcome everyone to a special instant reaction episode of Couch Potato Diary as I react to Pascal Siakam being traded by the Toronto Raptors to the Indiana Pacers in exchange for three first round draft picks, Bruce Brown and uh, Nuora. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in today. Uh, th this news uh, was rumored from last night and made, um, I guess, as official as a Woj tweet is um, earlier today. So that is going to be the, the focus of this. Quickly, uh, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKline, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Um, this is obviously a major deal as a, a two-time All-Star uh, face of the franchise sort of a player ends up leaving the Raptors in exchange for the Indiana Pacers. And there was a lot of talk about who could be in on Pascal Siakam and until very recently, it didn't include the the, the Pacers. And I, I think there are some Raptor fans that maybe think it shouldn't include the, the, the Pacers still. So it, it's... We're going to break it down here from all sides. Let's look at it from a Toronto standpoint first. As you can kind of tell, that's, you know, where the allegiance is. You got uh, Kawhi over the, the shoulder there-ish. Um, th this is a, a Siakam jersey. I'm not going to get up and show you. That would be a bit excessive. But th there's a lot of emotions that go into it. But from a strictly basketball standpoint, I don't mind it for Toronto. Um, it, it's certainly not what it could have been and definitely not what it should have been. You look at it, three draft picks in the draft last year, you're excited franchise altering some major players in this draft the potential um if you were to make this move at this time last season the potential at a generational talent in Victor Wembanyama uh three picks in this year's draft eh like one of the selling points of going out and giving up a top six protected pick to get Jakoperta last year was, ah, 2024 draft isn't all that great. Well, now the Raps have three picks there. They have uh, potentially three. Anyway, again, um, if the pick is outside of the top six for the Raptors, then that goes to the San Antonio Spurs. They do have the Indiana Pacers pick. And uh, they have a pick that is the worst of a few teams. Um, I, the Clippers, Houston, OKC, and another one I don't recall off the top of my head. Um, this was... And, and so the, this, this makes it a little bit disappointing, right? Because... If you do this a year ago when the entire fan base is calling for you to do this, then there's excitement and there's enthusiasm. Instead, it's just kind of a, well, yeah, it was about that time. Probably probably time to do this. Um, so the, the draft pick compensation, uh, the other pick is a, a 2026 first round pick from the Pacers, which has interest. You know, a lot can change in, in a couple of years. I have been on this podcast a little bit skeptical of the all-offense nature for the Indiana Pacers, and so if, if it just falls off a cliff in Indiana, then that could be a good pick, but odds are that's going to be an okay pick. Um, I, I don't... Um, I, I like Halliburton a lot. I've always been a Turner fan, and if Siakam stays, that's a really good top three that they would have out there in, in Indiana. So... I'm not going to say that this is a, a future dynasty for the Pacers or anything like that. It's just, it's a team. It's They're there. Um, but they, they will probably be in and around the playoffs around that time. So it's probably going to be a meh pick for the, the Raptors. The other part coming back to the, the Raptors is Bruce Brown. Um... I don't, I'm not going to get too much into what the basketball fit is for Brown because I don't know how many games he's going to play with the Raptors. Um, an interesting piece in a couple of spots that, that he has been a big part of what the, the Denver Nuggets were, were able to do for a stretch. Um, big parts of a couple of teams, but hasn't really found a place to stick. And 
it sounds like part of that is, is just kind of there's a bit of a gap between how he views himself and what the, the actual on-court product ends up being. But he is, it's funny, he kind of fits what the old Raptors would have been looking for. And now we don't really know what the new Raptors are looking for, but like I, I think he has an interesting stylistic piece with the rest of this team. And I also think that he, like he's basically an expiring, there's a team option at the end of the year on Bruce Brown. I could see the Raptors flipping him. Um, we haven't got the, the full... I'm pretty sure we're still at a point where the Raptors would be able to to flip Brown by the, the deadline. There's a lot of weird trade rules in the NBA, but I think Toronto should be able to, to make that move. And if it's not now, then um, pick up an option and move him in the offseason or something along those lines. So it, it feels like he is here for a good time, not a long time, from a, a Raptor perspective. And Nuara is just, just kind of a guy. Uh, 10.2 minutes a game, 5 points, 1 assist for the papers, uh, Pacers. Sorry, So he, he is just... He is there. There's also a player coming from the Pelicans to, to help make the, the salary all work out for Toronto and um, and Indiana. But you look at all of it, and you can put up there, like, the Raptors get five things for Pascal Siakam. And that, like, it it it, it looks good, right? Like, you get three first-round picks. Um, Bruce Brown, who has uh, been a contributing member on playoff teams, and Nuwara, who literally exists. Um, so like you, you get these guys and it's okay. Well, five pieces for Siakam, Masai Ujiri has done it again. It's Rudy Gay all over again. But then you, you start to look at them individually. And I, I think was it, um, it, it's just, it's not great. You, you look at piece by piece by piece and say, ah, not great that there isn't that one standout. Well, at least we got this, you know, like with OG is okay. Like RJ Barrett, we'll see, but man, quickly with Scotty Barnes going to be lethal. There isn't that here unless the Raptors can package a bunch of stuff together and move up to get a, a significant difference maker in the draft or something like that. We will see, but looking at the Raptors, um, the, the draft has not necessarily been the gold mine that it had been in the past with the Raptors. We'll talk about that in a minute. So th this is, this is a return that for an expiring contract to Pascal Siakam is fine. It's not great. It's good-ish, but it's, it is a little bit underwhelming. And it's disappointing when you look at, like, the, the, no Nemhard, no Buddy Heald, no Manthrin, uh, not even an, an Obi Toppin in this trade where you could kind of get a little bit excited about it. So to not get at least some kind of a marquee piece coming back here, is it is quite disappointing and, and a little bit underwhelming for a guy who's a two-time all-star and someone who is going to rocket Indiana into the, the postseason here. It it just feels a bit underwhelming and a bit disappointing. And I do think the Raptors made the best of a tough situation, but it is a situation that they created themselves, right? Like just if they had done this last year we'd be so excited. And it just further drives home what last year's deadline was. You get almost this exact return for Pascal Siakam a season ago. So it's a, a 2023, two 2023 firsts and a future first round pick as well, along with whoever. that Bruce Brown wasn't a Pacer at the time. Obviously, like, you're not going to have the exact one-to-one. -one. The Pacers weren't doing this at the time, for sure. But if you could have got something similar to this for Siakam and you could basically do the entire OG and an OB trade, people would be dancing in the streets. Plus, you would then probably be moving on from Fred Van Vliet and not giving up your own first round pick for Jacob Pirtle. And then like you, you would do the Trent thing as well. Like if you did what they are doing exactly right now, 365 days ago and done the complete teardown, this would feel 
entirely different and there would be a lot more excitement about it. Instead, you went not all in, but you doubled down on a team that clearly had a point guard who was leaving, clearly had a player in OG Ananobi who, depending on what reports you believed or whatever, there was at least some discomfort with his place in the organization. You knew Siakam was coming up and you didn't know what direction you were going. You're looking to build this thing around Scotty Barnes, but trying to keep everything else around and then doubling down and bringing in Pirtle. You're locking into a team that was just in the middle and locking into a team of mediocrity. And that is such a bad place to be, especially in the NBA. So now... Like, you just look at what a failure that was and what direction they were planning on going. None of it made any sense from a, a Toronto standpoint. And now, instead of exuberance and excitement, you're going into a 24 draft that everyone feels is mid to below mid. And it's okay, Scotty Barnes and quickly, that's, that's fun. And RJ Barrett's shooting a bunch, that's great. Is this the start of a championship thing? Or is this just kind of the start of, well, yeah, Chris Bosh and the Raptors made it to the first round. And hey, look at this. They even got to the second round. Um, it, 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 it doesn't feel as exciting as it could with uh, the potential of a teardown or anything like that. Like it just feels very blah for the Raptors. And what, what it definitely feels like is the end of an era. A, a lot of people tweeting out the, the Slam Magazine cover of um, the, the Raptors kind of post-Kawhi. But yeah, like that that era with um, with that dude over there, it's it's gone now, right? Like uh, Chris Boucher, I think, is the, the last remnant, and he was not exactly a pivotal piece of that 19 team, it, nor is he one now, I don't believe. So it, it's... It really does kind of speak to the complexity of being a sports fan, right? Because on the one hand, this move, I get we can talk about the timing or whatever, but this move makes a lot of sense to do, right? Pascal Siakam is an expiring contract and he is, um, could potentially sign with the Raptors, but then what are you stuck with? I'm not saying stuck with in terms of Siakam, but just in terms of like the flexibility to build this roster and make it a championship team. So, on the one hand, like from a, a management standpoint, it makes sense. On the other hand, it sucks. This is my favorite jersey that I have, the Siakam jersey. Um, got it after the, the, the Raptors championship win um, back in 2019. And... How could you not fall in love with Pascal Siakam, the player, right? The story alone, but the, the player himself, just like the the spins always somehow getting to the rim, improving on his shooting, and then that kind of levels off a little bit, but you always knew you were getting everything you could out of Pascal Siakam, and that, that is absolutely the type of player that you fall in love with. And so it, it's easy to just say, like, I, I've, I've tried to not say, oh, well, they got five assets, um... Because it, it feels dirty to talk about people in that way. But you could just be like, these are it's all just assets and numbers and you're moving them out and moving them in. And that, that's just the way she goes. And if you do that, it probably takes a bit of the pain away from something like today. But I think it also takes a bit of the joy away from something like 2019. And just watching the, the Siakam run in general. And so it makes it a, a real complex situation to be a sports fan where you know this is the right move everything in your being is telling you that trading Pascal Siakam for whatever return but trading Pascal Siakam makes more sense than keeping him but it still 
is just an absolute gut punch to see how it has all kind of broken down from 2019 to this point and how defiant the Raptors were. Like, yeah, Kawhi's leaving. We're not going anywhere. We're going to give this thing as much as we got to try to defend this title. Um, and that, that kind of attitude from there. But to, to see it all kind of crumble now is it's emotional from a sports fan standpoint. And I, I've tried to not be that guy. Um, there was a time where I was getting super into analytics on, on the baseball side. And then you, you, you see some of the underlying numbers for like a Joe Carter or something from the, uh, from the 93 team. And it's, oh, well, Joe Carter wasn't actually that good. Like RBIs, who counts RBIs in this day and age? Who cares? And then it's like, you know what, man? Being that cynical fucking sucks sometimes. And just, Joe Carter was my favorite player growing up. I had a bit of a stretch there where I was like, oh, Joe Carter ain't shit. But now, you know what? No, man. Hit a home run to win the fucking World Series. Joe Carter's my dude. You know, so I'm, and, and you can do that here with, with basketball players. And sometimes you, you kind of talk yourself into not liking him. Like, oh, he'd never wanted to sign here, right? Like the Vince Carter thing. He quit his way out of Toronto, blah, 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 blah. And so that like there's reasons to not cheer for your favorite players. Certainly the sports world has given, given us plenty of opportunities to do that over the past number of years with a number of different athletes. But at the end of the day, like we still watch this because we enjoy it. And we still watch this for at least for some, that, that childlike enthusiasm that this sport can bring. And Pascal Siakam embodied the best part of all of that. And it's going to suck having him not on my favorite team, even though this was probably the thing to do, or definitely the thing to do. It still absolutely sucks. And from a, a perception of the Raptors standpoint, it also sucks today because Pascal Siakam represented everything that this new era of the Toronto Raptors should have represented, right? Or I guess now this past era of the, the Toronto Raptors should have represented. He was a dude drafted extremely late, I believe 27th overall in the draft. Um, he works his way through the G League, comes up and has to grind for minutes, works his way into a starter, works his way into having, just like for Raptors fans, a game in the finals named after him. Game one is the Pascal Siakam game with how well he played in that game. A key part of a championship team and then the best player on your team. That was supposed to kind of be the blueprint for what Masai Ujiri could do with this team. It was unearthing guys out of nowhere, right? Fred, Fred Van Vliet, undrafted, comes out and is a, a huge part. He just didn't miss for the final, like, two and a half series of the, the, the NBA playoffs in 2019. Like, he, he just, he turned himself into that dude. Same thing with Siakam. It was supposed to be Terrence Davis, and then it turned out he wasn't great um, for off-the-court reasons. There was... Just a lot that you could kind of like go back and okay, Messiah's got this. Turn Rudy Gay into um, like three key pieces of this Raptors team, which unlocked DeMar DeRozan and led to a, a sustained run of success, the likes of which the Raptors have never seen before and just recently ended. And so like Siakam was supposed to be that next thing. But now you look at how they have dropped the ball with guys like Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, um, I, I will put OG and, and Siakam into that, even though I, I think the returns for these are, are fine. It's still not what it could have been if this thing had been managed properly. And then you look at some of the misses in the draft, like so far, and it's early, but so far Grady Dick does not look like that's going to be a hit. And you, you look up and down the roster, it's like, okay, they, they nailed it on Scotty Barnes. Like that was not, excuse me, that was not the consensus pick, but they did it. And it's worked out really, really well. But aside from that, 
There isn't those draft hits that we thought were going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And there weren't those brilliant trades after Rudy Gay and after DeMar DeRozan for um, for, for Kawhi Leonard. There weren't those brilliant trades. There weren't those brilliant moves. It's like, all right, yeah, Kawhi left. We got Masai, man. We got this. There hasn't been that. It's just kind of been mid. And so part of what leaves today is not just um, a bygone era, but it is also the thought of what this next era could be for the Toronto Raptors. And I think there is a ton of pressure on Masai Ujiri now. I, I think all of the goodwill that came about from 2019's championship run is basically gone. And now he has to get back to work in building this team um, I'm not going to say quickly, but at least showing that there is a direction that justifies the, the last little bit, because it has been a really, really frustrating time for the Raptors. Um, quickly on the Pacer side of things, this is a really exciting move for them. To be able to have a big three of Turner, Siakam, and Halliburton, and not have to give up some of the players we mentioned before with uh, Heald, Nemhard, Nantarin, um, Obi Toppin. Like, to not have to give up well, with all due respect to, to Brown and Nuara, to not have to give up anything of, like, the real reason why you are being successful and add someone who f seems to fit so perfectly into this team is an absolute home run for the Indiana Pacers and really solidifies them as a team that you have to take seriously. I'm not going to say title contender. Uh, I'm not even going to say East title def uh, contender. But they are a team that is going to be a real problem uh, for, for teams here in the NBA's Eastern Conference. And that, that certainly doesn't get easier. This is a great win for them. And they still have some pieces that they can move out if they want to try to make one more big move here to, to add to this group. So really, really, really great work by the Indiana Pacers. And for the Raptors, it's not what it could have been. But that, for a long time, was the story of the Toronto Raptors. So now we are just getting back to business as usual, I guess, after a, a decade's blip of actually having success and a well-run basketball team. So uh, that is going to do it for this Instant Reaction podcast. That is going to be the podcast for today. Um, I had planned to do NHL awards and uh, a couple of other things on the, the pod today, but that can move to tomorrow because a big part of what today's podcast was going to be was talking about the Pascal Siakam rumors. So uh, we are now going to uh, move NBA award or sorry NHL award talk to tomorrow's show along with a bit more of the the UFC stuff and then a big UFC preview and NFL preview coming up on Friday so uh, thank you all so much for tuning in remember to rate review and subscribe if you are listening on podcast if you are watching this on YouTube uh, make sure you like this video and subscribe to the channel and share it with your friends and uh, I once again just thank you guys so much for tuning in and I will talk to all of you later.